welcome to None Dare Call It Ordinary, the podcast that digs into the unusual, unorthodox, and downright unsettling beliefs out at the depths of the internet and the heights of paranoia. I'm your host, Dylan, and with me is the Ponzi-ish Forrest. Oh, Ponzi-ish. Ponzi-ish. I'm Bernie Madoff now. Yeah, exactly. Um, I felt it was appropriate, given the topic of this episode, to uh, when we're getting to all the schemes and such. And I think you could run your own Ponzi scheme as well, Forrest, I have to say. That's pretty cool. I thought you might have been, uh, you might have gone with what one of our iTunes reviewers picked, which is Peristeronic relating to pigeons. That is that, you know, that's true. I wanted to go with something original. Ah. I wanted to go with something that was our own. And so I'm, I'm going to leave that to the reviewer. Uh, that was a good review. And so I do appreciate the adjective. But we gotta, we gotta, you know, go our own way, forge our own path. I agree. In the adjective landscape. I agree. And also, speaking of a positivity, we have three new patrons that we need to shout out. Those are Alan Gowalko, Harry Drew, and Chuck Darty. And so we thank them very much. Thank you. And all so that much. means we have beat our first goal. So our first goal was to have 10 patrons in order to beat Sherry Schreiner, who had nine. And we've done that. We now have two more. We did it. Two more than Sherry Schreiner. Schreiner. Take that. I knew we would. And so if you want to help us get even more patrons than Sherry Schreiner, go to patreon.com slash none dare call it ordinary for one dollar a month. You get a shout out. You support the show and you make sure that we have more support than all the chronic failures in the world. And that is always our goal. All right. And by the way, everyone, unfortunately, sad to say, Brent could not join us for today's episode. Yeah, that's right. You know, as we've mentioned, we cannot confirm nor deny that he is on the run from certain authority figures. But we do hope Brent will be back soon. We hoped he would be back for this episode, but that's just not going to happen. You know, maybe maybe he's had a Jordan Peterson hero's journey. Hmm. and He'll be reborn as a thought leader or something like that. Yeah, maybe. And uh, well, since Brent's not here, I need to fill in for him again. So what are we talking about today, Dylan? Today, we are continuing our crypto craziness series. We've gone over some delightful con artists or thought leaders, depending on how you look at it. And we've even talked about the nascent technology known as blockchain. Um, and- Dylan, 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 Dylan. Yeah, yeah. Did, did, you, did you turn a third mic on? What? What are you talking about? Uh, I'm showing that the third mic has been connected to our recording. Hmm, how can that, what's, what the fuck's, how can that be? And if, wait, if, if it's not you and it's not me, it's gotta be someone else. Oh shit, but who, who could it be? I don't know, only a truly great tech nerd with truly great hacking skills could pull this off. Yes, the greatest. Whoa, what the fuck, who is this? Take a guess. Oh, Jesus. No, greater than Jesus, my child. What, who? Wait, get, hey, get off our podcast. Who the fuck is this, Kylo Ren? No, I am Satoshi. No. That's not true. That's impossible. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. No! No! I stumbled upon your new podcast and saw that you want to be owned in a none dare call it wrong episode. Well, you're going to get what you asked for. Let me be the first to own and destroy you with facts and logic. First, the one called Dylan. (gasps) You insinuated that Trump would be so idiotic as to reveal his private address to the news media. Well, you are the idiot. For there is no such thing as a private address. Rather, Bitcoin uses public-private key cryptography. Your public key is derived from the private key, making up a key pair. 
A Bitcoin address is a public key run through the hash function. So the idea of a private address is a nonsensical notion. What would you do with it? Send Bitcoin to yourself? Fuck, sorry for being so dumb, Satoshi. Yeah, gee, thanks, Dylan. You ruined the credibility of our podcast. Not so fast. The one they call Forrest. Oh, what? For you have fared no better. In fact, you're an even bigger idiot than Dylan. You said that if Satoshi was in prison, he most likely kept his bitcoins on a hard drive or a paper wallet. Foolish mortal. Besides making the rookie mistake that a genius such as I could ever be apprehended by the incompetent government, you are technologically illiterate. Your bitcoin wallet stores your private keys, not your bitcoins. Nothing stores bitcoin. Bitcoin is a spreadsheet with passwords. It's a protocol. There's no existent object one can refer to as a Bitcoin. Oh God, I'm so sorry, Satoshi. I didn't know how fucking stupid I was. And even worse than that, even if I did go to prison, which is impossible, but I'll humor you. Even if I did go to prison, you think I would use a paper wallet or a hard drive to store my private keys? Idiot. I use a brain wallet. I have memorized them. I could use Bitcoin even without the internet. I created Bitcoin. I am Bitcoin. I am the one. I am the only. I am Brent. Brent? Brent. Uh, what? Yeah, that's Brent? Me. Yep. Holy <laughs> shit. Yep. yep. <gasps> you guys, you know, you guys thought I didn't know anything about Bitcoin? Well, how does it feel to know that I fucking invented that shit and put you guys in your place? Damn. Hey, hey man, you know, I didn't know. We take back all that shit talk. We really thought you were a noob. Yeah, man, we're really sorry. You know, I pretend to That's know fine. what I'm talking about with this stuff, but really, I, I have no clue. I just like to feel like I'm making money even when I'm losing it. Yeah, I just like dream about Lambos and I got carried away and went full Dunning-Kruger. I'm really sorry. It's okay. It's okay, guys. I just asked for a bit more humility going forward and less assumptions about me. That's fair. So anyway, you know, I'll take over from here, Forrest. What are we talking about today, Dylan? So as I was saying before Satoshi dropped in, today we're discussing the Ponzi's, exit scams, and pump and dumps that happen in cryptocurrency. And if you think the Wolf of Wall Street's penny stock pump and dump schemes were bad, well, just wait until you learn about the crypto pump and dump schemes going on in Telegram chats. And I believe Forrest has something for us on that. I sure do. Uh, but first, a quick disclaimer. Nothing in this episode is to be taken as a financial advice. Any knowledge we disseminate here is for educational purposes only. Always obey the law, and, frankly, even if the law doesn't cover a certain scam or scheme, don't be a scammer or a schemer anyway, because then you're just a shithead. Exactly. All right. So now that that's out of the way, as Dylan said, we're going to start with the wonderful scheme known as the pump and dump. Okay, just so we're clear, that's not slang for the act of shitting your pants while lifting weights. No. I just want to get that out of the way right off the bat. Okay. Just want to make sure no no one gets definitely not that. Okay, you know, and and when I think about the the true adherent to the pump, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think it would be more (laughs) lifting weights while coming your pants, because I think that (laughs) is actually something he was legitimately into. All right. To start, we're going to talk about pump and dump schemes in the traditional market and later get into the crypto variety. So what is a pump and dump scheme? According to Investopedia, quote, Pump and dump is a scheme that attempts to boost the price of a stock through recommendations based on false, misleading, or greatly exaggerated statements. 
The perpetrators of this scheme already have an established position in the company's stock and sell their positions after the hype has led to a higher share price. This practice is illegal based on securities law and can lead to heavy fines. One thing to keep in mind is that the larger the stock, the harder it is to manipulate. This is because the number of people needed to buy into a small cap stock to pump its price is much smaller than that which would be needed to pump the price of a large cap stock. All right, so basically, if you want to manipulate Disney's stock, let's say, you have to be like Warren Buffett. But if you want to manipulate the stock of the brand new revolutionary biotech company being run out of your cousin's trailer park, well, then you only have to be the Wolf of Wall Street. Speaking of, we need to, we need to start a cryptocurrency and call it Quaalude Coin. I will not nice. get wrecked in the crypto market while I am sober, goddammit! Finally, we can put drug addiction on the blockchain. So Investopedia notes that this method originated with cold calling. But thanks to the glory of the internet, now you can do it with memes, message boards, chat rooms, emails, videos, podcasts, blogs, and all kinds of other great things. Now, anybody listening to this part of our crypto craziness series that's also listened to the previous two episodes knows that cryptocurrency is very much a libertarian endeavor. Forrest, I think you mean to say a carnivorous voluntarist endeavor. Oh, that's That's right. I'm very sorry. We don't forget Roger Veer wants to be called a voluntarist, not a libertarian. That's a very important distinction. And as we know, there's nothing more libertarian or voluntarist than hating the government for fucking with your financial schemes, such as, say, I don't know, insider trading. (laughs) As Robert P. Murphy of the Mises Institute put it, quote, in a free society, there would be no such thing as laws against so-called insider trading. So first, so-called insider trading. That's a pretty (laughs) incredible thing to say. But second... I just want to clarify for the listeners that Murphy isn't just talking about Roger Veer's free society project. He's talking about any free society. That's absolutely true. There's one thing that invalidates your freedom. It's the inability to cause financial havoc via insider (laughs) trading. That is the pinnacle of freedom. So the beauty of cryptocurrency for libertarians the world over is that it is virtually unregulated. So in this case, insider trading, pyramid schemes, Ponzi schemes, and all the other great stuff is just par for the course in this wild, wild west. And that brings us to cryptocurrency pump and dumps. According to a study by the Social Science Research Network, quote, we identified 3,767 different pump signals advertised on Telegram and another 1,051 different pump signals advertised on Discord during a six-month period in 2018. The schemes promoted more than 300 cryptocurrencies. This comprehensive data provides the first measure of the scope of pump and dump schemes across cryptocurrencies and suggests that this phenomenon is widespread and is often quite profitable. And while we have a Discord server and we definitely shill cryptocurrencies, we do not and never will allow pump and dump shenanigans. That is not allowed on our server. Sorry to be statists inside of the government here. But sometimes they are right. We yeah. only, Listen. yes, we only allow DMT guy Chris Cantomo scam, uh, spam on our Discord. That's it. Even that, <laughs> even that we've that's had to put even. for 24 hours. Yeah. I think that's, that's going to be our deal <laughs> for in the future for any and all cult leaders who want to come on the Discord. You get 24 hours just unadulterated free speech and then you go to the status jail. That's, I think that's fair. <laughs> But then we'll create you a quarantine channel, and if you don't like it, then you can get out. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so in the traditional stock market, you've got to keep your pump and dump scheme on the down low. 
Otherwise, some pesky nerd from the SEC or FBI might pay you a visit. I think you mean to say the deep state. Oh, I did. I'm sorry. Let me start over. We know that we know the president let us know today on Twitter that that's a real thing. We found that out. Yep, it is a real thing. In fact, I want to be, you know, accurate. So let me start over. Okay, so in the traditional stock market, you've got to keep your pump and dump scheme on the down low. Otherwise, some pesky nerd from the deep state might pay you a visit. That's all. I mean, we've if we've learned anything from Alex Jones, it's all nerds. It's all the like nerds with thin <laughs> wrists are part it's of the deep rich state, nerds like that Gates. are plugged into a machine feeding them constant DMT. If we learned anything from our last series. So in this wild, wild west of cryptocurrency, anybody can be a scammer from the comfort of their own home by simply anonymously signing into a chat room. Wow. Yeah. The researchers of the SSRN paper identified three different types of pump and dumps. The first one is called obvious pumps. This is my favorite kind of crypto pump and dump scheme because of how absolutely brazen it is. Quote, these channels use the words pump and dump everywhere, including in the name of their channels. They usually had only a few pump announcements and they posted pump signals infrequently. They usually posted the first announcement between 24 to 48 hours before the pump. Then they posted many other announcements about timing and the cryptocurrency exchange where the pump would occur. When the time of the pump came, they posted the name of the coin. They usually posted the pump results a few hours afterwards, along with the date of the next pump. These channels usually had premium membership plans as well. (laughs) The premium membership was based on how many people a person had recruited to the channel. Users could also buy premium membership plans. Based on the type of plans, premium members would receive the pump signals a certain amount of time before others. Man, I really wish you could buy like a premium membership into like an insider trading ring. That's when you know we've reached a true libertarian paradise. That'd be great. Yeah, you walk into a stock exchange. Hello, sir. You look like somebody that could use a pump and dump membership card. For only $30 a year, you get 10% off all pumps. All right. (laughs) The other two identifiable types are the following. One, target pumps. This is essentially the same as the obvious variety, except they avoid being quite so obvious. (laughs) So it's a reasonably brazen pump and dump, but they're a little more careful in how they use their language. Then there's copied pumps. And I love this because this is a group that copies the pump and dump signals of other groups. Although, you know, like I said, it's usually not all, all that hard, given that most of these groups are open and publicly accessible. However, some are private. And if one wanted to take information and data to run your own pump and dump chat group from a private group, you've got to infiltrate them. So, hey, you know, there's nothing like scamming a scammer. Oh, God. Scammers all the way down. It's true. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Crypto. That's a pretty good description of the cryptocurrency market. (laughs) Scammers all the way down. (laughs) Although pump and dump groups typically target low cap coins for the reasons I've already mentioned. Bitcoin itself isn't an exception, despite having the largest market capitalization in the entire space by a mile. According to the study, quote, there were six pumps of Bitcoin on Discord and 76 pumps of Bitcoin on Telegram. While these pumps account for only 1.7% of all pumps, it is important to note that Bitcoin is not immune from the pump and dump phenomenon. It's good to see scammers not just reach for the low hanging fruit and go all the way to the top. It shows initiative. It does. This is. This, this is the entrepreneurial spirit I keep hearing about, and it's great to see. I agree. Do you know when the last pump was of, of Bitcoin? I'd be curious. Oh, I didn't look into it. I don't it, know no. if you knew. First off, there's tons of these pump it's and gonna dump be, It's going to be tomorrow night on Binance at 2 p.m. <laughs> come to our Discord. <laughs> so I decided to do a little investigative reporting on one of these Telegram groups. 
I found one called the Crypto Pump Island with 10,000 subscribers. By the way, I reported these guys on Telegram. And if you've got a Telegram and you think being a total sociopath is not very cool, hey, you can report them too. That's up to you. Crypto Pump Island, where you're in a private company jail, but you could still do insider trading, so you are definitely free. (laughs) (laughs) So here's an example of one of their posts from our good friends at Crypto Pump Island. Next pump scheduled, Friday, July 26, 2019 at 6 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. Exchange, Binance. This pump is going to be huge. Don't miss it. Last pump result, SNT, or status coin. Quick profit, 21.6%. To no coin name earlier, join premium. Man, All right. Jesus. So at first, I was really confused about which coin they plan to pump. Based on the ambiguous wording of the post, I wasn't sure if they meant that the pump and dump was going to be a status and they were just showing the stats for the last time they pumped it, or if they meant that the last coin they pumped was status and they were just flaunting the 21% in profits to boost their street cred and rope you in for a premium membership. Now, it didn't look like status was the last coin they pumped, which appeared to be Matic, and so I figured it it had to be status um, that they were going to pump. But I was wrong. True to the SSRN study... The next day, they posted the coin just as they began to pump. It wasn't status. It was ADX or ADX. And indeed, they made a handsome 7.4% profit. So good for them. And as somebody that's been following crypto for a while, after spending some time in the pump and dump community, I feel like a lot like Neo when he learned that he was living in the Matrix the whole time. (laughs) Well, I think as long as you keep taking the red pill, you'll be fine. So I've been told. Okay, exactly. Yeah, you're, you're fine. Government regulators at the moment aren't doing much, if anything, about this. So, are there any private solutions? After all, libertarians tell me private solutions are everything, right? Yep. Solves it all. NASDAQ Inc. claims they can solve the problems of pump and dumps. According to Bloomberg, quote, In a paper released Thursday, the company said it has spent decades developing tools to police securities, currencies, and other markets, and can use them to stamp out manipulation and other scams besieging digital coins. They have an excerpt from the paper, quote, Regulators, brokers, and exchanges have surveillance teams that monitor activity constantly and advanced technologies to help capture and analyze abusive behaviors, including pump and dump schemes, insider trading, wash trading, as well as spoofing and layering. And given the spotless record of financial self-policing, I bet this will work out great. Absolutely. You might be wondering if any crypto exchanges have this technology. Some, but not many. In fact, one crypto exchange, which does not utilize Nasdaq's tool is Binance. And it just so happens that Binance is the exchange of choice from our friends at CryptoPump Island. So what's the big deal about this Binance exchange? It's probably just a few nerds in chat rooms dumping on other nerds in chat rooms, right? No, not exactly. According to Binance.com's About Us section, they keep it super real and super concise. Quote, Beyond operating the world's leading cryptocurrency exchange, Binance spans an entire ecosystem. I actually thought you said Binance spams an entire ecosystem, which... Well, that's also true. Makes sense. Yeah. We don't just auto-dial people to tell them their car's warranty is expiring. We also call their pets and plants as well. <laughs> we spam the, the entire ecosystem. ecosystem. Uh, but hey, you know, in a way, Binance is not lying. And here's where things get really terrifying. According to crypto data tracking site Nomics.com, a year-to-date look at the top crypto exchanges reveals that Binance is by far the largest exchange in all of crypto. Well, I know I personally prefer it over the little-known crypto exchange called Bromance, 
Not as popular. Yeah, I guess there just isn't demand yet for a dating plus crypto exchange app. But I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, one day, hopefully, one day it'll be in the works. I'm sure a budding entrepreneur is listening to this podcast right now and you should get on it. Yeah. So finance, a staggering 57% of all crypto trades happen there. It has 544 trading pairs, which is 458 more than the next largest exchange. 7.69% of all trading volume which at the time of this writing represents nearly $278 billion and over 680 million trades made so far in 2019 alone. So this is CryptoPump Island's playground of choice. And yet, if the success of CryptoPump Island is any indication, Binance has done nothing to stop this. Which begs the question, what exchange or exchanges are doing their best at taking proactive steps against pump and dumps? Sadly, the one exchange is run by those that will be among the first to die during the Bitcoin apocalypse, <laughs> at least according to the Bitcoin time traveler. And that is the Winklevoss twins. Oh. So the Winklevoss twins, as we know, made a fortune from investing in Bitcoin since 2012. And they now run an exchange called Gemini. And I just realized that the Gemini Zodiac symbol are the twins. So that's making a whole lot more sense. Oh, uh, yeah. perfect. According to Investopedia, quote, Gemini will reportedly be the first digital currency exchange to make use of NASDAQ's smart market surveillance technology. Hmm. All right, well, that's good. They're doing something. And it's not the only good thing they're doing. Quote, earlier this year, the Winklevoss brothers also revealed plans to launch a virtual commodity association, a self-regulating organization for digital currency markets that also aims toward efficiency and transparency. While the proposed plan is yet to take effect, it was met with a cautious welcome by many in the digital currency space. Supporters believe that an organization of this type would help to maintain innovation in the cryptocurrency space while also facilitating issues of liquidity and pricing, among other things. Well, that's cool, right? And as I'm told by libertarians, I'm sorry, voluntarists, <laughs> the free market rewards good and honest businesses while yes. punishing bad and dishonest businesses, right? That's what I've heard. That's totally true. So yeah, same here. Yep. So Gemini should be almost neck and neck with Binance. By the way, it's all free markets, unregulated, right? So they should be neck and neck with Binance at this point, I'd imagine, given that Binance is apparently a schemer's paradise and the Gemini exchange is creating a safe and fair ecosystem for traders solely through private free market mechanisms. Well, let's take a look at Nomics.com and see how Gemini ranks. 10th place with only a meager 0.14% of all trading volume, less than 1% of all trades in the space and only 15 trading pairs. Oh man. I'm sorry to say. Face plant. And there's two of them. Yes, two of them. <laughs> but hey, it gets better. The CEO of Binance, Chanpeng Zhao, who usually just goes by CZ, happens to be as rich, if not more so than each of the Winklevoss twins. Forbes estimates CZ's net worth to be $1.1 billion at least, whereas each Winklevoss twin is worth $1.1 billion at most. And this is despite CZ getting into crypto way later than the twins. In fact, it took the twins since 2012 to accumulate that much money, whereas CZ did it in only six months. <laughs> <laughs> And by the way, that Forbes article is written in February 2018, so oh, God. God knows how much money he's made. And so I'll let the listeners decide whether or not the free market works just fine on its own. You know, Forbes, how dare you? This is sacrilegious. You never, ever, ever question the all-powerful, invisible hand. You just don't. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That powerful, invisible hand tells you specifically that nerdy regulations are for nerds if you want to get rich. 
And that is the only metric of the market working. <laughs> the only so, metric. Binance all the way. Hell yes. If pump and dumps weren't bad enough, there's also a wonderful little thing called the ICO exit scam. ICO stands for initial coin offering, which is essentially the same thing as an initial public offering in the stock market, except by calling it a utility token or whatever such nonsense, a company can avoid SEC regulations and issue unregistered securities, or I mean, I'm sorry, utility tokens. <laughs> They're supposed to work like arcade tokens to access a company's services, but believe it or not, sometimes this system is abused. Uh, How could that be? I can't believe it. I are, are any of those altcoins you have, Dylan, have you gotten any utility out of them yet? <laughs> um, yes, I look at them and I see them go down and that's kind of fun. <laughs> Alt season is coming, folks. Just just believe. If I'm going to lose money, I should be able to at least track it efficiently and precisely. <laughs> <laughs> so one reason that security laws exist is to protect investors from pouring their money into a so-called business when, in fact, it is simply a front for unscrupulous people to take your money and run. And again, here's the thing. Libertarians tell me that the pesky SEC only gets in the way of financial progress. And after telling you about all these exit scams, I'll let you be the judge, just as with pump and dumps, whether or not financial regulations are a good idea. Okay, guys, I did want to take this opportunity to defend myself. You know, I missed the last couple podcasts. So you guys said in the previous episodes that I would probably just use a hot wallet and get hacked. I'll have you know, not only do I have a cold wallet, but it's a cold chain wallet. Oh, so it's even more wow. secure cool. yep, than the standard hardware wallet. Plus, I also look cool when I wear my baggy Jinko jeans and Union Bay oversized <laughs> t-shirt. So that's it's pretty nice as well. And I got to say, OK, friend, at, at the beginning of this podcast, I was about 99 percent sure that you're Satoshi. But now I'm 100 percent sure. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I always suspected Satoshi was a Jankotarian. I mean, <laughs> you can just see it in the way he writes. According to CryptoVest, quote, the year 2018 had a large number of ICOs, most of whom raised a lot of money during the first six months before the trend slowed down. However, despite the trend reversal, most projects managed to raise significant amounts of Ethereum, only with a white paper and vague promises. Roughly 7.8 billion was raised during that period, and some founders decided to take off the money instead of delivering on their promises. CryptoVest gives five examples of these um, exit scams. Exit scam number one, Centratech. This ICO apparently partnered with Visa and MasterCard and was actually endorsed by Floyd Mayweather and DJ Khaled, who were brought in later to testify about their involvement. The globalists of the New York Times report, quote, the Securities and Exchange Commission said Mr. Mayweather was paid $100,000 and Mr. Khaled $50,000 to promote a virtual currency released last year by the startup Centratech in the so-called initial coin offering. The men did not disclose those payments in their online postings hyping the digital coin, the regulator said. Oh. Floyd Mayweather, he goes from the money team to the Bitcoin team. You know, I, I knew he'd somehow fit, fit a sports <laughs> reference in here for your dad, Dylan. Somehow. <laughs> Into a Bitcoin podcast. Yeah, yeah. My dad will appreciate that one because he does not like Floyd Mayweather, who I also have to say <laughs> yeah. has the least boxery name I have ever heard. <laughs> you, you can't say it without, hello, yes, I am Floyd Mayweather, the boxer. I just I can't. <laughs> that's just what I hear. I don't really like him either. There, there's something about cartoonishly cocky people who only brag about how much money they have that rubs me the wrong way. I don't know what it is. That's just because something you're a soy boy it. with no money. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, go hang out with your Ethereum buddies. <laughs> and by the way, 
you know, again, here's where the uh, Illuminati press gets mm-hmm. in the way. It was the New York Times, by the way, that exposed Centratech in the first place. And it didn't end well for the scammers. Three of Centratech's co-founders were arrested, including one who was taken down as he was trying to flee Which the U.S. Which is really sad because he mm-hmm. didn't even need to be in the U.S. to do all of this. <laughs> That's true. I'm going to say, <laughs> you know, go to the Cayman Islands or wherever and then do it. St. Kitts and Nevis, mm-hmm. maybe. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yes, please. If you're going to sell fraudulent unregulated securities do it outside of the u.s and the sec might not be as much of a pain yeah or just you know pull a john mcafee and just go to international waters and get a big old satellite problem solved yeah get an actual island and call it crypto pump island and there you go (laughs) yes yes exit scam number two block broker this might be my favorite ico exit scam ever because the stated mission of the ico was to stop ico fraud As Coin Central reports, quote, as if in a harrowing parody of itself, Blockbroker just subjected its investors to the very thing it swore to prevent. The ICO, which claimed to be building a platform to prevent investors from buying into exit scams, just pulled an exit scam of its own. One look at the Blockbroker white paper unravels a tale of unscrupulous intent. It contains little technical substance, is written with grammatical errors, and talks more about the token sale than the project's function. Even so, the ICO occurred just just over $3 million in funding during its lifespan, as the warning signs were not enough to dissuade every purveyor. I do want to note uh, there's been conflicting information. Other sources I've read said 300000 not $3 million. Just for the record, otherwise, all the other information is pretty consistent. Yeah, either way, it's more than zero, so it's more than they should have got. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, of these warning signs that Coin Central lists, my favorite is the fact that a huge percentage of the block broker ERC20 tokens went to a single address. Oh, that's bad. Also, for the non Brents among us, an ERC20 token is a token created through the Ethereum blockchain. Yeah, I, I didn't say that first because, like Paul Potter says, this is all just so obvious. There's no need to even <laughs> no, but, yeah, speak of you it. You know, again, even with Paul Potter, there are the people who live below the level of obviousness. So we need to <laughs> rise true. them that's, up too. I didn't know a what a point. blockchain won until the perfect artist, Betty Luca, drew one. <laughs> and then I can understand it. Speaking of blockchain, thanks to the miracle of the public blockchain, you can check out the Ethereum address linked through our website at nondarecallordinary.com that shows a staggering 221,673,500 tokens of the 750 million total supply. And that's all in just one address. And that's incredibly stupid, by the way, because the scammers could have just generated a whole bunch of Ethereum addresses and divided the sash between them. I guess they didn't understand Ethereum is a public blockchain. Or they're just lazy, which is even worse. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> if you're going to exit a scam, people, at least put some thought I mean, that, I mean, yeah, I mean to be honest, I mean, let's let's give them some credit. Do you know how many printers you would have to go through <laughs> to print out all those paper wallets? I mean, you need a, a destroy a printer for every one. That's a big investment. That's a lot of overhead. Exit scam number three, Proteum. This was basically the crypto of choice for our idiocracy, social media, zero attention span world. What was this crypto promising? Well, who the fuck knows? Something about tracking fruits and vegetables on, I don't know, whatever, on Ethereum, (laughs) I don't know. But mostly it was all about just posting memes on Instagram. Ooh, Brian Colpage would really be into this one. He would. You know, we might as well just put memes on the blockchain. When is meme coin coming out? (laughs) Yeah. 
Crypto Invest reports, quote, the project had a curious taste for influencer publicity, making social media users write Proteum on their bodies or post a picture holding a banana. Then the project wiped out its site and all related social media, including its white paper. Notoriously, the project site was deleted and replaced with the word penis. Ah. Yeah. So guys, I don't know. Maybe this isn't an exit scam and maybe just John McAfee hacked them. That might be what happened. Yeah. Yeah. This is how it begins. The dickening. It starts with the trickle. But soon enough, the full dickening will commence. (laughs) It starts. I hope hope he doesn't try to get out of the dickening by just eating this website, because that would be (laughs) that would be the true scam. Yeah. Yeah, He's got no legal defense for that one. Yeah. (laughs) Exit scam number four. Loop X. LoopX was supposed to be a crypto lending platform that promised too good to be true returns on investment in perpetuity. However, after raising $4.5 million worth of Bitcoin and Ethereum, they simply vanished into thin air, deleting all evidence of their existence on the web. However, they left a few of their traces behind. The next web reports, quote, according to a cash version of its now purged website, investors pledged a total of 276 Bitcoin, and 2,446 ETH into the fraudulent initial coin offering over five separate token sales in January 2018. This is the next web quoting LoopX. After developing over months and testing successfully with great profits, we can release now with great confidence the LoopX trading algorithm. This software will give us all the opportunity to make more money online than we could ever do in real life. None of this sounds... uh, Fishy, does it? No. No, robots have always made sound financial (laughs) judgments and have never, ever been wrong. Our software handles over 10,000 trades per second and calculates over 100 currencies at a time, always looking for those opportunities to make profits bigger than sick 10%, which will paid out sick to our members on a weekly basis. Finally, the opportunity is here for the common investor to be to be part of a revolution and be finally free, financially free. Our top priority is to give you an opportunity to sit back, let us do the work and watch your money grow. (laughs) Getting scammed really is freedom to these people. (laughs) (laughs) As the next web notes, this site sounds a lot like the infamous BitConnect Ponzi slash pyramid scheme that Dylan will go into later this episode. Except unlike BitConnect, not only did they scam people into funding a clearly scammy project, but they even scammed them into thinking they had any intention in going through with the scam. Wow. wow. <laughs> so, it, so that's a meta scam, and I'm very impressed by that. Scamming, man, man, scamming is getting really complicated. It's just, I'm, it's, <laughs> it's more complicated than understanding Bitcoin. It's like raising funds to rob a bank and then just absconding with those funds. <laughs> It's wonderful. And last but not least, number five is called PureBit. And PureBit is kind of like a post hoc exit scam. It was a startup promising to be a groundbreaking crypto exchange. But because the exchange went up just as crypto entered the last bear market, they weren't very successful in launching, dicked around for only a few days. And because they didn't want to deal with the headache of a downward market, basically said, fuck this and pull the plug. (laughs) To their half credit, They have been issuing Ethereum refunds to at least some of their investors, but only at 50%. So I guess it's a a half exit scam. (laughs) They should have started a premium membership package that offers you your money back if you were scammed. (laughs) Yeah, for only a 200% fee, you can get 100% of your money back. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we've got the pump and dumps. We have the exit scams. So now we're going to go into probably... 
the most infamous crypto scam yet, and that is BitConnect. Now, how is BitConnect supposed to work? According to their Investing in BitConnect lending page, it was supposed to work like this. First, you deposit your Bitcoins into a special wallet. Then you use those Bitcoins to buy BitConnect coins or BCC. Not, they're not the same. BitConnect coins versus Bitcoins. Mm. Keep those separate. Then you invest, quote unquote, some or all of your BitConnect coins. So you deposit them into a special kind of investment wallet. The BitConnect, quote, volatility software, this basically just a magic robot, does a bunch of smart things to make money with the BitConnect coin. By, by the way, I love that name, volatility I know, software. I was just thinking this. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that is a hard quote. That is a hard quote, volatility software. Wow. Beautiful. <laughs> trust it. I trust it. Yeah. It, it, yeah. So based on how much money you invested, you received interest accrued daily after a certain period of time. And so it was based on the more you invested, the less time you would have to wait and the more money you would get back was the idea. Mm. So let's just assume something which is totally not true now. Let's assume <laughs> one BitConnect coin is worth $100. If you invest one BitConnect coin, you can earn up to 40% per month and get your money back <laughs> What? In 299 days or about 10 months. So assuming 40% every month, you would end up with $500 after 10 months. And if you want an I if you want any sense of how insane 40% a month is, Bernie Madoff, the creator of the greatest Ponzi scheme ever, only promised 1% returns every month. <laughs> wow. You know, so, okay, and this reminds me, by the way, there's a so-called Bitcoin maximalist out there named Tone Vase mm -hmm. that used to work on Wall Street. And he said one reason he got into crypto was because he was appalled by how many scams he saw going on there. But now that crypto is here, he says that the guys on Wall Street are saints compared to what he saw <laughs> oh on a daily God. basis. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Oh, they just don't have the investment yet. I mean, oh. I think that's all. I think, you know, as a percentage of how much money they're dealing with, it's way worse. 40% is at least 40 times worse than 1%. Oh my yes, God. at least. And if you invest over $1,000, you would also get daily bonuses that range from 0.1% to 0.25%. Plus, all these interest payments are paid daily in dollars, in United States dollars. So you're not getting paid in BitConnect coin. You're getting paid in good old-fashioned USD, not even just Bitcoin. And aside from the up to 40% daily from the magic robot, I mean, excuse me, volatility software, <laughs> there, are, there are claims from uh, people like the folks at the Next Web that BitConnect also promised a 1% a day interest. <laughs> and I couldn't find that particular claim. I believe um, it, though. Why not? I mean, I, I do believe it. Um, Why not at this point? There's also, I also <laughs> want to note that the Next Web and Fortune and Bloomberg and a lot of these folks, they did a lot of good reporting on this, but they do get some of the like details wrong. Mm. So the Next Web, for example, they said on the basis of that 1% daily interest, they said that $1,000 would become $50 million in three years, but the daily interest is paid out daily and it's not itself invested back into the fund. So oh. over three years, you would get $11,950 in interest. You know, 1% of 1,000 is 10. 
So you would get $10 a day for three years, which is $10,950 total. Whoa, 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 whoa. Careful, careful, Dylan. Please, careful. You are starting to sound a lot like a thought leader here, and I just want to warn you. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just, that's that's just the way it is. Like, though, the interest doesn't go back right. and then itself generate interest. It just it comes way, out, and you're only generating interest on that original amount of money you put in. Also, Dylan and I talked about this outside of the podcast, but and the next web is pretty good from what I've seen, but... In general, the crypto press is very low quality, and there's so there's a huge vacuum to be filled by competent crypto journalists if anybody wants to do that. Yes, I fully agree. And the Motley Fool also had some good reporting on this, but they also made another common mistake, as far as I can tell. And some of this is hard because the the bitconnect.co website is no longer active. Well, it, it, we'll talk more about that later, but like all the information, there's been a revert and all the information <laughs> rebirth. is only archived. And so, <laughs> you know, according to them officially, for example, those daily interest payments were in dollars, but the Motley Fool says that it was paid out in BitConnect coin. Mm. But as far as I could tell, it was dollars, at least according to their website. Now, this isn't to say it wasn't a scam, because of course it was. Um, just that the Motley Fool and the Next Web are getting some of the details incorrect. And so here's a better way to show that it's a scam. Let's say you invested $10,000. That would mean that you would be earning up to $3,000 a month, which is more than what I get paid a month. And so basically, as long as I save $10,000, I never need to work again. I could just give it to them and their magic robot will give me $3,000 a month. It sounds too good to be true, but they do have the volatility software. Yes, so. that's uh, that's true. You know, maybe I, I might be doubting this too much. Let's see how it goes. Because at first, it looked, it was doing pretty well. According to CoinMarketCap, it was one of the best performing cryptocurrencies of 2017, with a market cap of over $2.6 and a value of over $400 per BitConnect coin. It was in the top 20 by market Jeez share Christ. in 2017, but not everyone was impressed. Ethereum founder Vitalik Buterin himself tweeted that if 1% per day is what they offer, then that's a Ponzi scheme. Ugh, a soy boy would say that. <laughs> yes, yes, he would. And also there's a couple of things. So one thing, just in case our listeners don't know what a Ponzi scheme is, it's basically a scheme where you rob Peter to pay Paul. So you use money you get from new investors to pay the quote unquote interest to older investors. So it looks like you're paying returns, but you're really just, you know, trading money around. Also, the tweet that Buterin is replying to is the one that makes this $1,000 to $50 million claim, which may be where the next web got that number. They're not written by the same person because the, the person on the next web who wrote the article and made that claim is named Mix. And he has a different Twitter account than this original tweet that Buterin was replying to. Also, some people were replying to Buterin and they said they were pro BitConnect people. And they said, no, it's not 1% a day. It's an average of 1% a day, oh. which is very different. That makes it better. So, but it, it doesn't though, because <laughs> if you get an average, if it's an average of 1% a day, that's still shady as fuck. So it, it really isn't better. By the way, in, in, the, in, in the financial world, anytime you see any kind of promise of a guaranteed return that is not a certificate of deposit, I would be very leery of that. Yeah, it's impossible. Also, aside from a Ponzi scheme, there were signs that BitConnect was also running a pyramid scheme as well. <laughs> and 
Excuse, I'm, excuse me, excuse me. I mean a multi-level affiliate marketing program. I'm sorry oh. to, I'm sorry I oh. slipped. I slipped on that hey, one. Hey guys, by the way, look, hey, I looked at my phone just now. Breaking news. According to Bloomberg, Donald Trump is now facing a lawsuit over alleged multi-level marketing fraud. Ooh. Oh, wait, that's right. Nobody cares about anything anymore. So sorry to bring it up. Continue, yeah. please. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Forrest. Oh, boy. It sounds like someone has a case of scandal fatigue. Classic symptom of TDS. I prescribed you a strong dose of Scott Adams content for one month. So Actually, no, what... you got it wrong. I, I don't have enough scandal fatigue because I'm still talking about oh, it. Oh, that's a good point. You're right. <laughs> I sentence you to talking about his scandals for a month and then you'll have scandal fatigue. All right. <laughs> it's like when you catch your kids smoking and you make them smoke an entire carton and thus get them addicted. <laughs> Brilliant to move. Yeah. <laughs> good parenting. So how did this multi-level affiliate marketing program work? Affiliates would tout Bitcoin Connect on their social media profiles and YouTube videos and get commissions for everyone they convinced to become an investor. One tactic was to show how much money they made, not mentioning that most of it was getting people into the program, not through investment returns. So one example of this is the at BCC Ponzi account on Twitter, who really didn't like BitConnect, shows a screenshot of affiliate Crypto Nick hawking Bitcoin Connect on a video. While he has made about $900,000 through BitConnect, over $800,000 of that is from the affiliate program, i.e. getting more people into the pyramid scheme as opposed to investment returns. By the way, when I first got into crypto in 2017, it was like when I went to YouTube, it was like every video was shilling BitConnect, especially Crypto Nick. And he was like this 16 or 17 year old kid. And he would have this thing where he's like, hey, like, you know, post in the chat and I'll uh, run you through this random um, name in the chat generator and whoever like wins gets like $200 in Bitcoin. And he would just hand out Bitcoin oh, like with candy. Christ. But then he'd be like, and by the way, though, make sure you click my BitConnect affiliate link. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was I always amazing. believe 16 or 17 year old kids financial advice. They're I'm always, sure. YouTube. They're I always, always <laughs> right about everything they ever talk about. But yeah, he would rope people into his BitConnect pyramid. And then when BitConnect went down, he deleted all his videos. Yeah, we're going to find out. That's actually kind of common in this space. <laughs> also, I imagine if I went back in time and had to listen to my 16 or 17 year old oh, self, I'd kill him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, same. I don't want to hear anything he has to say. <laughs> and to top it all off, to top off all these suspicions off, there's even a picture from the BitConnect website. This is on their website demonstrating this multi-level affiliate program that has a picture of a pyramid on it. <laughs> oh That's a little on the nose. I miss the meta scams, you know, complicated it's, ones. It's almost as beautiful as the obvious, per, as the obvious variety of pump and dumps. It's almost that Yeah, wonderful. it's incredible. It's incredible. So... <laughs> Might be a Ponzi scheme, might be a pyramid scheme. So eventually the authorities started getting suspicious. In November of 2018, the UK company's house issued a notice that BitConnect Limited would be dissolved, quote, unless cause is shown to the contrary in two months. All of BitConnect Limited's assets would then belong to the crown. Oh, Lyndon LaRouche is turning over in his grave. Yeah, yeah. You know he would be mining Bitcoin with his fusion generator by now. <laughs> As a response, BitConnect pushed the narrative that this only affected BitConnect Limited and wouldn't affect their main registrant, BitConnect International PLC. Now, this is where it gets weird, as reported by 
the next web. Besides BitConnect Limited, BitConnect is also listed in the company's house registrar as BitConnect International PLC, as was mentioned. But there's also a third listing as Bitcoin AMR Limited, which used to be listed as BitConnect Public Limited, which is not the same as BitConnect Limited. <laughs> and all three of these entities are registered under different company numbers, which confirms that according to the registrar, at least, they are three different entities. But they do have some similar personnel between these companies. It's like the holy trinity of cryptocurrency scams. <laughs> yeah, exactly, so, exactly. Also, I like the idea of doing a Bitcoin ASMR limited um, <laughs> BitConnect International be fun. I'm sure someone's doing ASMR videos and getting money for it. Oh, yeah. That'd be nice. So let's look at some of these personnel because it gets a little bit confusing. So we have uh, Li T. Tang Hoi is a director of both Bitcoin AMR Limited and BitConnect International PLC. But this person is listed as having two different birth years, 1978 and 1984 respectively. And while they both live on the same street, different street numbers are associated with each. <laughs> one on 13 Rutland Road and the other on 36 Rutland Road. Uh, they're na hmm. almost neighbors. Almost neighbors. <laughs> they might meet each other at the um, the neighborhood cookout. They probably see each other there. But. Yeah, when they go to the <laughs> farmer's market, they can you know talk about how they have the same right. name and work for the same companies. Scam the same people. They also both feature a Mr. Santoso as director. Bitcoin AMR Limited does not list a first name, just says Mr. Santoso. Says he was born in 1981 and lives on 36 Great Bushy Drive. BitConnect International PLC lists a Wardaw Santosa, who was born in 1983 and lives on 27 Great Bushy Drive. Mm. So all of this is a bit suspicious. Like, what's going on? Hmm. Do we really know? Do any of these people really exist? <laughs> While all this is happening, they're getting some bad press with the, the UK authorities coming down on them. And this is when a notorious meme was born. BitConnect held a, an event in Thailand, and they had one of their sponsors named Carlos, Carlos Matos hype the company in a very hilarious video. And, you know, he basically yelled BitConnect a lot. He said, what's up, what's up, what's up? <laughs> All this kind of stuff. You really have to watch the video to see it. But there's a really important chunk of that where he touts the financial benefits of BitConnect. Quote, I started 137 days ago with only $25,610. And right now I am reaching $140,000. I am actually earning around $1,400 on an everyday basis, seven days a week. <laughs> <laughs> and this is just classic pyramid scheme behavior. You bring on someone who got lucky or is simply a high level affiliate to tout their big earnings while not having to say them oneself. So later you can distance yourself from these claims about how much money you can make. Yeah, it also helps to have the talking head scream out your company's name like a total lunatic. That does bring in the views. Yeah, that helps. Yeah, and speaking of which, I think this would be a great opportunity to play some of Carlos' infamous BitConnect battle cry for our lovely audience. So Dylan, roll tape. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 everybody. My name is Carlos Matos, and I am coming from New York City, New York. 
Let me tell you guys that I am so excited. I am so happy. I am really so thrilled to be right now sharing this amazing, glorious, super and exciting moment of my life with all of you guys. And let me tell you that we are really changing the world as we know it. The world is not anymore the way it used to be. Mm -mm, no, no, no. Be connected. Wow. Be connected. We are coming and we are coming in waves. We are starting and we are going to actually go all over the world. We are belting the entire world. Let me tell you guys that I started 137 days ago with only $25,610. And right now I am reaching $140,000. Whoa, 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 what's up? And let me tell you that I am actually earning around one hundred—I mean, around one thousand and four hundred dollars on an everyday basis, seven days a week. What? I am right now independently, financially independently. I am saying to so many people who said that this was going to be a con artist game, that this was going to be a scammer game. Hey, you're going to lose all your money. My wife still doesn't believe in me. I'm telling him, Bohani, listen, this is real. No, 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 no. That's a scam. And I said, but wait, I'm going to go to the bank. I'm going to get my bitcoins. I'm going to actually put it into dollars. Here, they are right on the table. No, oh, that's money that you took from another account. I'll say, what am I going to do? Then I said to myself, you know what? When I am starting to put $10,000 a day on her, right on her, but you know, on her table, then she's going to say, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, 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 okay, that's real. <laughs> so guys, I want to tell you something. Faith and belief is the one thing that we all need to be able to change the world. And right now, I believe that in this room, we have the seed that's going to germinate and that's going to explode into an amazing opportunity for us to change this entire world. I am so proud, I am so honored, I am so excited to be here right now. And let me tell you something, that each and every one of you has the opportunity to become like those amazing people that we know here from Vietnam. Hey, hey my people from Vietnam, making so much money that they can probably have a real hard time counting it. <laughs> so guys, let me tell you, I love BigConnect! Yes! Thank you so much, Carlos! And so after hearing that, if you want more Carlos Matos, you could check out his YouTube channel where it appears he's actually gone full breatharian. <laughs> he's uh Oh my god. All of his videos are about going on water fasts, so he's like easing his way. He's a water terrier now, I guess. It's so I <laughs> I don't know how you get from one to the other, but I mean I guess I guess if you could be a Bitcoin carnivore, you can be a Ethereum water terrian. I guess those are the two the two poles there. What's up, what's up, what's up? H2O Connect! <laughs>
So that's all great, but things started getting worse on January 4th, 2018, when the Texas security commissioners issued a cease and desist order to BitConnect to halt the distribution of BitConnect coin until it was registered as a security or offered an exemption to being so registered. I they noticed this trend here of this, the fucking government always getting the way of this, of these guys. It's really yeah. sad. Yeah, I, I know. And it happens again because they got another cease and desist order on <sighs> January 9th, 2018 from the North Carolina Securities Division. At this point, affiliates began claiming that they had never backed Bitcoin and started scrubbing their YouTube channels and social <laughs> media profiles of all mentions of the scam. I remember there's another guy, there's another guy besides Crypto Nick, it was Trayvon something. And I remember after, <laughs> after BitConnect fell, he was walking around in his apartment and doing like a Periscope or a live chat stream. And people were like, I'm going to find you. I'm going to fucking murder you. And he's like, come get me, motherfuckers. <laughs> I remember that. that oh was my a, God. That was a wonderful, <laughs> if anyone could find that video, it was wow. a fun video to watch, but terrifying. By the end of the video, we're going to talk about something a little bit similar to that. Just you wait. <laughs> but first, BitConnect had one last trick up its sleeve, gaming the Google News algorithm. So BitConnect had its own news site that produced so many articles it was treated by Google as a, quote, legitimate news source. I don't oh know why God. that's the algorithm, but I, 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 that's the way they decided to it do it. It makes sense. Like I said, on YouTube, it was every commercial, every ad of every video you watch was BitConnect. It was really scary. Because they were a legitimate news source, they would, be, they would get a spot on Google's news carousel. So while there were other actually legitimate news sites reporting on BitConnect shenanigans and all the legal troubles they were getting into, those were being buried under a flood of articles on BitConnect produced by BitConnect themselves. Oh my it's, God. You know, this sort of reminds me of the CCHR we talked about in the mental illness denialism series. Like they just flood the marketplace of ideas with their propaganda to confuse people. Yeah. It also kind of reminds me of the president's Twitter feed. But again, I keep forgetting no one gives a shit anymore. So I, I don't know. I keep bringing that up. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. He's just the president of the United States. Just cut him some slack. It's not like he's anyone important. Right, right. So, you know, that might have helped them for a little bit, but all things must fall. <laughs> That's technically, eventually. though, not true. Um, and you will find that out if you check out Forest Alter Eco oh. Dave Rube's most recent Twitter periscopes <laughs> when someone comes on to debate gravity. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Speaking of that, fun. that guy, he had a lot of goofy ideas, but honestly, he, saw, he seemed like a very genuine and nice person. So I'm going to give him a pass. Yeah, I, I kind of liked him. He was. He was cool, and I feel kind of bad for punking him, but that that was a fun debate, I must say. <laughs> so besides <All> right. gravity, <laughs> Bitcoin fell on January 16th, 2018, when BitConnect announced it was closing the lending and exchange portion of its business. They laid the blame on, quote, bad press, although the cease and desist orders and denial of service <laughs> attacks did not help. And it's called fake news. As a result, news. they released all outstanding loans, returning the principal on the loan in BitConnect coin at $362.62 per BitConnect coin. And this being the average price of BitConnect coin over the previous 15 days. So you think, OK, people are getting their money back. They're getting it on a high note, so that's not too bad. The problem, though, is that this did not bode well for the value of BitConnect coin, which crashed to about $19.28 a coin, Jeez. which is in the range of 96% loss of value. Wow. To put this in perspective, 
It was 15 cents on January 20th, 2017, and reached a high of $479.30 on December 28th, 2017. Can you imagine how rich the early douchebags that got involved in this became? Oh my God. 15 cents to $479. Wow. But most people, unfortunately, were not early investors. No, exactly. If you're the top of the mm -hmm. pyramid, this was awesome. The eye of the pyramid. Yeah. And so when the day that this happened, there was a flurry of activity on the BitConnect subreddit, and it's just heartbreaking. Um, There was one comment that said simply, this can't be it. I lost everything. Oh, my God. Everything. Oh, my God. Another post ominously tried to console fellow investors with this following title. 800-273-8255 is the suicide hotline. Money isn't everything. Your life still matters after all of this. It's horrible. And to get a sense of just how popular BitConnect was, Keep in mind that their website was translated into Vietnamese, South Korean, Indian, Indonesian, Japanese, Thai, Cambodian, and Filipino. A lot of people across the globe were scammed. And it's just disgusting. So, what now? Well, according to BitConnect's press release, or at least the Motley Fool's reading of it because the site is no longer available, BitConnect.co had no intentions of closing down simply deciding to transition into a wallet service. Oh, well, at least they They become very humble and they're just providing a wallet now. (laughs) Exactly. And they also planned on going through with their BitConnect X ICO later that that month. Of course, of course. Perfect. So how did all that go? Well, The phoenix has risen from the ashes. How wonderful. (laughs) Well, I think really it's just still ashes. (laughs) Okay, good. So... (laughs) It appears that even these toned down plans have gone awry. A quick check on BitConnect X reveals that it is held by only 46 wallets, one of which holds 245 quadrillion <laughs> BitConnect X coins. <laughs> what the fuck? I trust this uh, new BitConnect scam for sure. And and if if, if memory serves me, if memory <laughs> If memory serves me right, <laughs> the second largest wallet has 250,000. So that'll give you a sense of a bit of a dip there. Oh, my God. If if, uh, if whoever holds that wallet pumps up BitConnect, gets the coin to like a dollar, they will own the whole world at that point. <laughs> They'll own the universe. Yeah. Not oh, even man. the Fed can print that many fucking dollars that quickly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That number is so large, I had to look up how to say it. (laughs) So what about this wallet program? Well, BitConnect.co sadly is simply no more. Instead, redirecting you to the website of Dr. Rasya Dixit, an Indian cosmetic dermatologist. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait a minute, though. Something fishy about that name. Notice Dix is in his name. Is this secretly McAfee? Is he disguising himself as an Indian cosmetic dermatologist now? Wait, wait. This is another instance of the download process. I think we really need to get the download process mm-hmm. counter on the site. You're both you're both missing the point. Dr. Oh. Dixit is a woman. Uh, oh, <laughs> joke's on us. Damn. Actually, speaking of the download process, I invite everyone listening um, to go to the None Dare Call Ordinary Instagram page to see the first time the download process has been captured on camera. Oh, wow. It's one of the newest pictures of myself experiencing the download yeah. process. That's very exciting. Where was that? Uh, for a couple Whatever, weeks Brent, you're just trying to shill your fucking Instagram so you can get more followers than me and get the coveted John Bolton prize. 
So after looking at all this disgusting behavior, you might hope that there's some, some kind of justice, and there's a little bit. According to Fortune Magazine, Divyesh Darji, who is either head of BitConnect's Asia operations or just a top, you know, top of the non-pyramid scheme <laughs> in the Asian markets, it's very unclear. He's somehow associated with BitConnect in Asia. He was arrested in India after flying into New Delhi from Dubai, which is in the United Arab Emirates. Why would India be so interested in arresting someone associated with BitConnect? Well, apparently BitConnect has a very special and infamous Indian connection. <laughs> it appears to start in November of 2016 when Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi sought to invalidate higher value banknotes as a way to curb tax evasion. He gave holders of these notes 60 days to cash them in or they would become useless. As a result, people in India took to Google and Google noticed the large increase of searches for phrases like how to launder untaxed cash or black money. Oh my God. It turns out that cryptocurrencies are a way to do this. And Indians looking to clean up dirty money were willing to pay 25% premiums for wow. Bitcoin. Holy crap. That's a, that's a big premium. That's a big premium. Yeah. And strangely enough, believe it or not, BitConnect started right after Modi's announcement, hmm. which is really bizarre. Hmm. That's strange. Interesting timing. So a lot of BitConnect investors were Indians looking to hide from tax authorities. So they couldn't exactly go to the authorities to let them know their illegal tax havens scammed them. <laughs> they thus chose a more direct path to getting their money back. So here is one particular story. Shailesh Bhatt, Kirit Paladia, and eight co-conspirators kidnapped two BitConnect representatives in Surat, a city in the Indian state of Gujarat. That's one way to do it. That's one way to do it. They demanded 2,256 Bitcoins as ransom to recoup their BitConnect <laughs> losses. But Paladia wasn't satisfied. He got in touch with his uncle, Nalin Kodadia, a former politician with Bharatiya Janata Party, which is Modi's party, the prime minister. Using his connections with local police, Paladia double-crossed Bot to extort his Bitcoin. <laughs> after, <laughs> after all, Bot wouldn't be able to go to the authorities. Again, cops don't really appreciate requests to get back the money you stole in the first place. They're not really <laughs> interested in helping you do that. <laughs> but that is exactly what Bot did. He <laughs> went to the home minister in Gujarat, which is Modi's home state, and he told them he was kidnapped by the police and forced to pay 200 Bitcoin, which was worth $1.8 million at the time. Bot's charges eventually led to Indian investigation into the whole matter, and they eventually learned that everyone involved was a major piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds a lot like a Coen Brothers film. That's pretty good. Forget the Coen Brothers. Get motherfucking Quentin Tarantino on yes. this shit. Get him to write the script. For his 10th and final a great film. Tarantino Boom. film. And we're going to end with this. Where is Bot now? Well, according to Fortune, quote, Bot himself has gone underground Indian parlance for hiding to avoid arrest, wow. <laughs> which I had no idea. I thought that was uh, I thought that was a common phrase. I didn't know the Indians invented going underground. And with these shenanigans, we are done with this episode of our crypto craziness series, and we're done with the series itself. So Brent Forrest, what did you learn in this series? What most intrigued? You. So I learned two things. I learned a that Brent is Satoshi. So that's a very important revelation that um, was it's pretty important. Yeah, very important. The other thing I learned is that the free market doesn't work. So I learned that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
like uh, the laissez-faire, hardcore, Ayn Randian, uh, no government regulations involvement whatsoever. It's not a good idea. And just like Roger Veer had firsthand experience that it was a great idea in prison, I have firsthand experience that it is not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Satoshi? You know, I, you know, learning that I was Satoshi, that was interesting to me. Um, I didn't see that coming. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Honestly, this specific episode, I I love the whole literal pyramid graphic of a crypto pyramid scheme and, um, the, the actual literal (laughs) pyramid. And also the, of course, the words pump and dumped being used by the pump and dump scammers themselves. Very nice. So I would say honestly too, other than that, like I, obviously I was, I was out of town, so I couldn't be on the, um, last couple episodes of the series, but man, those were some good ones. The, um, the Bitcoin time traveler was my favorite, I think. Yeah, that was pretty incredible. The, um, I did. I have to say, and I have to say too that I didn't expect. You know, when I was I was gone in Canada and I was listening to you guys after you released it, and I was like, oh, excited. And I was like, I didn't expect the episode about cryptocurrency to go sci-fi. That was <laughs> nice, um, nice little twist. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, I don't know the the obsess the the absolute monk like obsession of uh, Roger Veer was nice. That was nice. Um, his Bitcoin obsession where he had to call his friend to just help me, please. <laughs> He that was so good. <laughs> yeah, for the listeners that may have not listened to the first episode, there's a guy named Roger Veer that <laughs> almost died from exhaustion by reading too much Bitcoin. He refused to go to sleep and had to go to the hospital because he wouldn't go to sleep. Bitcoin carnivores, always classic. Yeah. These are the these are the kinds of these are the people who are supposed to be part of the invisible hand Geniuses. of the market. People yes. who refuse to go to sleep. <laughs> what about you, Dylan? What did you enjoy? I mean, so I think in general, I think I have to agree with Brent about the Bitcoin time traveler. That was incredible. This episode in particular, though, I think I'm going to have to stay with Forrest and just that people will do on average, people will do what they can get away with. If there's an opportunity for scams or frauds or hoodwinking people, there will be people who will take advantage of kidnapping people or kidnapping people. Exactly. And if we think that those are going to magically go away because we deregulate, we're kidding ourselves. I think the other thing that this all reveals, and I think the main thing we have to ask is why we live in an economic system or society where people feel the need to gamble on these kinds of scams in the first place. I mean, I think there's only so much just educating the public about these kinds of scams can do. I think we have to ask, why do people feel it necessary to engage in this kind of risky behavior. And my guess is that they're not doing so well financially. And so they're kind of put into a position where these kinds of scams are even more appealing. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of go against their better judgment. No, absolutely. There's a thing like a lot of, Mm -hmm. you'll hear from libertarians and things. Well, there it is, right? There's always these loopholes. So people will get around the loopholes and do it anyway. But here's the thing, right? The point is, it's not like the regulations are perfect. It's just that they do pose as deterrence, uh, deterrence from people doing these types of things. So it's not like they're just totally useless. Yeah, right. of course. And of course, the le- and the less yeah. this stuff happens, the better. That's the way I put it. The harder you make it for someone to scam somebody else, the harder you make it for them to, co- to do insider trading, the harder you make it for them to do pump and dumps, whatever. That's just better. Like, yeah, there maybe will always be ways around it. There will always be new scams and new innovations in the scam market. But... Um, this idea that if you just let people do whatever they want, everything will be great. No, I mean, just go, go, go to Telegram right now. Go look up all the pump and dump Telegram chats 
And it's amazing. You, you'll see under the hood how this stuff works. I mean, it's like I always knew pump and dumps existed, but to actually see people coordinate, pump up a coin and dump on all the poor people that bought into some ICO thinking this was some God. revolutionary cryptocurrency that was going to change the world and losing all their money. I mean, it's, it's amazing to actually see that happen in real time. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's disturbing. Yeah. Very disturbing. And, and yeah, and I just the, the what blows me away is like this idea that, no, the regulations are the problem. We just need to get rid of them. And the, the regulations actually favor corporate interests and all this other kind of stuff. But, you know, if let's say like you could snap your fingers and get rid of all those, like, do you think that the large corporations that exist are just gonna be like, all right, well, there aren't any regulations that favor us anymore. We're just going to give up. It's like, no, they're going right. <laughs> to they're going to put them back in place the same way they did before. Mm -hmm. And so the goal is to yeah. constantly modifying. It's a it's a dance like that's, you know, as people find new loopholes and new ways to scam and new ways to just be disgusting, shitty people. You have to build new and better laws to contain it. That's just the way, that's the dance that the government has to constantly be playing. Right. I agree. All yeah. right. Well, with that, that's been our crypto craziness series. And with that, we are done. Thank you for listening to None Dare Call It Ordinary. You can find us on Twitter at NDCIO. Instagram at none dare call it ordinary and send us an email at none dare call it ordinary at gmail.com for only $1 a month. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash none dare call it ordinary for information on all our episodes, as well as links to our YouTube channel and discord server, head over to our website at none dare call it ordinary.com. As always, we ask that you please rate review and subscribe on iTunes or wherever your podcasts are served.